Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center, a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure, life itself. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to look ahead to 2024. It is not just a Force Center tradition, it's a podcast YouTube channel tradition. <laughs> At the end of the year, we got to look ahead to Star Wars in the next year, and that actually is uh, a tradition I love because we get to also look back on past episodes. We're not necessarily going to do it today, but you get to look on all the things that maybe you predicted or were wrong or changed and uh, see where your heart is now. That's part of the fun. Before we get to all that, we're going to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. That's right. Get a free audiobook download and 
with a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. <laughs> I'm trying to strike the balance between podcast and camera. I'm staring right into the camera. Pointing at it, but also uh, I, had to, I had to look at my notes, and then my iPad popped up something about Mark Hamill, and I was—that's why I stumbled a little bit. There's too much yeah, going no. on. This is this is great because it used to be that I could sometimes sense when one of us needed to check our notes, but now I can visually determine that yeah, yeah you had to check your notes. But it also is pretty exciting because we've read that Audible copy a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And you were like a bored actor who has been doing the same stage play for eight years of just like, what if I emphasize this word yeah. just for fun, <laughs> just to switch it up? Yes. <laughs> yes. A great reading. A great reading. Look, uh, we should yeah. also acknowledge uh, that uh, that Jennifer is sadly uh, not with us today. Uh, she's got some holiday family business to attend to. So uh, it will just be us, sadly. But Jennifer's spirit will be here, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the end of the year crunch. I'm happy we're recording here today. A lot of Star Wars to dive into, though, but we we did, uh, we were, were out and about in the world for the holidays. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We want to share some holiday adventures uh, briefly, uh, holiday Star Wars adventures. I went uh, back to uh, my home planet of Minnesota, uh, not to rescue Han Solo, uh, but to spend some time with my dad, uh, with my in-laws. I had a great time. I played some drums with my dad. I got to teach uh, my nieces and nephew on my wife's side of the family how to play pool. It was my best Ooh. uncle moment ever. I, wow. They were like, we, we, we'd like to learn to play pool. And I was like, let me. It's an uncle thing to do. Please <laughs> let me. I have so little to offer. Please let me do an uncle thing and teach you to play pool. Best, best Christmas present ever. Uh, but the Star Wars adventure that I wanted to share is um, there's a, a, a toy and comic book shop called Hot Comics and Collectibles. I think it opened in like the, the early 90s. And uh, it was one of the first places that I went to to see old Kenner action figures and how expensive they were and and all that and um they've moved around a bit and I discovered that there's a new location that's like a five minute drive from my dad's home in mm. a, a three minute walk from where I went to high school mm. so it was like oh if this place had been here in high school I would have been there every day and I would have just endured uh, being made fun of by other people in high school <laughs> for checking oh hot God. comics and collectibles every day. But it was really fun uh, because uh, I'm still, you know, hunting for the vintage uh, Star Wars action figures, trying not to collect as many, but there are a lot that I want in the in the last couple of waves or that I'm tempted by. And uh, I'll buy them online, but, but I prefer to find them at a store and, and give a physical store the money. And it's the thrill of the discovery. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm telling my, my dad and my wife, okay, I'll, we'll keep this short. We got other people to shop for. And I walk in the store and right in front is that old school wall of Star Wars with modern vintage figures, yeah. Hera, Morgan Elsbeth, Orson Krennic, all these figures that like, I think I want. I mean, so I, I walk in and I literally start going, oh no, oh no. And as I'm flipping through, I'm like, oh no, which I mean from the perspective of, oh no, I'm going to to buy these and I maybe wouldn't have if I saw them in person. Yeah. Uh, but the person working the store is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's, what's wrong with our inventory? Uh, is there, is there what, why are you so upset? <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm upset because I'm, I'm going to buy all of these. Uh, but he was a, he was a real sweetheart. And he's like, is there any that uh, I don't have that you want? And he started calling around to other stores and yeah, oh, was, that's great. It was a star Wars action figure, uh, uh, Christmas miracle. So it was very good. 
I would have been like, sir, put down the phone. Put down the phone. I'm going to go get those. <laughs> no, no, you do not have to call over town for Chopper and Cad Bane. It'll be okay. I'll find them. I'll find them in person. So, yeah, those are uh, my brief Star Wars holiday adventures. How about you, Ken? Uh, yeah, I, I understand your pain, though, of like, I'll look online all day and not want them. You see them in a store. In your hands, you're going to get them. Mine were pretty, my adventures were pretty simple. I was up in Seattle for uh, two shows with uh, Mark Ellis, Lisa Wallen, also some other folks to stop by. Our friend Daniel Bridge Gad and Bo Johnson. Fun shows. I'll I'll be honest, I, not my two best shows. I did not the end the year strong, uh, which is okay. It sometimes happens. Sometimes you take down the Death Star, and other times it just impacts on the surface, and uh, your uh, your red leader died. But uh, I had a great time. Everyone was great. And shout out to Four Center listener. Andrew, who uh, was there and brought a copy of my book that he had attended, that he brought to an, uh, another event or forgot to bring to another event like years ago. So he pulled out this mm. ruffled copy of my, my book and was able to to sign it and uh, chat with him and uh, love seeing that and chat Star Wars with some other folks as well. Um, but uh, cold, windy, rainy, and that made it a wonderful trip. It was a nice, uh, good, relaxing time. So I'll take that. And flying on Christmas Eve, not, mm. not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, we had a great experience. Everything was good. So that, watched Last Jedi on Christmas, played 11 games of Madden franchise mode. It was a <laughs> real easy, low-key holiday. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you watch Last Jedi because I, I really feel like that's, that's such Christmas decor on Crate, the, the white and the red. Right. You know, you know, if the Crystal Foxes, if the Volptices were green, mm. it would absolutely entirely be uh, Christmas colors. Without a doubt, Grace chose it to be clear, and and she's like they're they're kind of Christmas movies. The December release will mm-hmm. forever connect into the holiday season. But I yeah, crate and yes, it's salt. Uh, and and Grace had a Grace had a great. We watched that scene again, and she was laughing. It was great to see her laughing at all the moments that number one you showed, or that I was surprised that that that, that people found as funny as I do because some of you know. All the Star Wars movies, the humor is great, but that doesn't necessarily last because if you see a joke or hear a joke 20 times, you know, the, mm-hmm. the surprise is gone. And she hadn't seen the movie in a bit and was just dying laughing at all these wonderful things and wonderful moments and the salt moment. And she just was like, mm. what is with guys? You need to taste everything. Why would you taste the ground? And I was like, it's, it's salt. It's Sergeant Salty. He's got to. Sergeant Salty Sharp. It's his, uh, it's his nickname. So like, that was a moment of pride for him. Yeah. This is what I'm built for. Uh, so anyways. Good times. Well, that but, sounds but, like but, a yeah, beautiful, but, beautiful holiday. But your thought uh, is absolutely right. Kylo and, and, and Luke Skywalker are facing off, and I was like, this is Christmas. This yeah, is it Christmas. is. It is, absolutely. Oh. It's normally a little bit more the other way around, where uh, the younger generation is afraid the older generation now maybe believes some things that are upsetting, <laughs> and you need to confront them. It is totally mm-hmm. like the beautiful Luke and Leia reunion really is like, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I've been inviting my brother to, to the family holiday for years, and yep. he's got his own issues and isn't showing up, but he needs to be with family. He needs to be with yep. family. Yep. The crazy <laughs> uncle teaching him to play pool or fight uh, on crate. All that. Yep, that's right. Or to hold back the entire First Order all by yourself. And pool. Yeah. Both, both uncle things to do. There you go. Anyway, our holiday adventure. Should we dive into looking ahead to 2024? The way that nobody says the years anymore. 2024. I still say 2000 uh, because of, I don't know. Eight. I guess I like to we always should. sound like I'm in. Uh, Flash Gordon Buck Rogers movie to me. So <laughs> the far flung year of 2024 in this future year, which is days from now, 
there's going to be a, a decent amount of Star Wars, but also sort of the perhaps pumping the brakes on the release schedule of Disney Plus, which is fabulous. Um, but there's, uh, well, I guess I, I would say it's fabulous in that it is an interesting conversation, is what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so there's several possible Disney Plus shows on the horizon. Uh, celebrations of the Phantom Menace's 25th anniversary. Possible movie news? <sighs> Uh, no big convention, uh, Star Wars Celebration next year in 2025, uh, 2024 will also be a fascinating year in terms of toys and books and comics and all that. Uh, we're not going to do an exhaustive list of books and comics and toys. Uh, we're mostly going to take a look at specific shows and, and big picture mood stuff. So we, we realize there's books and toys and comics we're kind of lo- leaving off the list, but we're looking at the big stuff. So uh, starting with the biggest of big pictures, Ken, what are you hoping for either for yourself or for the fandom, for the general audience uh, who takes in Star Wars, what are you hoping for in terms of mood, story, vibe? What will get you excited about Star Wars in 2024? I, I think any kind of new Star Wars will get me excited and get, get fans excited. But I want excitement's the keyword. I want there to be this ground swell of excitement growing as we go to 2025. Mm-hmm. I think 2025 is going to be a big year with a, a movie back in theaters still, most likely. There's always a chance that doesn't happen, but we're hopeful here. We choose hope, we choose light. Uh, that, the convention, you're right. Uh, I'm, I'm glad there's a year off for, you know, I'll just financial reasons to get to Tokyo. We're still looking at Tokyo, but uh, that, that's going to be a big year. But everything you're talking mm-hmm. about, everything you laid laid down here, there's a lot to get excited about. And not that fans weren't excited this past year, but with the strikes, but with a lot of business talk, and worker union talk correctly and appropriately dominating the conversation, uh, I think getting back to the stories, and yes, there was Ahsoka, and yes, there was Mando, but getting back to the stories, getting back to the creativity, getting back to the art and, and what you're talking about, there's a lot to, uh, to dive into, whether they're pumping the brakes or not, and and we'll have that discussion. Um, and then final note, I mean, just the 25 years of Phantom Menace is crazy. 20 was crazy. at Chicago 2019. I got my first kind of invite for my 30th high school reunion. Mm. That I I never wanted a sports car, but now I feel I need to buy a sports car. <laughs> do a lot of changes in my life. Big numbers, but that's an that's that's proof that there's there is a Phantom Menace generation out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yes. and and I want to dive into that too this year. Oh yeah, we're we're we will definitely dive into discussing it and in yeah and processing it emotionally. Uh, there'll be a little bit of therapy center, I think, when we start to Love talk it. about Love the 25th that. anniversary of uh, of Phantom Menace. And I wish you a sports car, knee surgery, whatever you want yeah. to celebrate your 30th uh, high school anniversary. Uh, mine was celebrated by no one remembering or having to get together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even my friends I'm still in touch with. Um, yeah, I, I love what you're saying. I, I think... Um, we're going to talk more about the possible movie news, but I, I think 2025 is, is we haven't heard any confirmation about whether a script is even ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's tight. So I think that that's going to be, I think a tension in 2024 of when is the new movie going to come out? Yeah. Um, will, will be, uh, I think something that kind of builds into that conversation of pumping the brakes of, will it be good to have, a, a longer wait and a bigger buildup to the next movie or will yeah. the, the hunger become annoying. But for myself, just kind of mood and vibe wise, 
Um, I think we've had a long back and forth in the fan community about is Star Wars going to the well? Is it relying too much on legacy characters? Is it too uh, interconnected where it's hard to to jump in? And, it, you know, is it like the MCU risking becoming that sort of homework? Mm. I think for me, I I love tales of legacy characters. I don't think that Solo, the character or the movie was trotted out because it's safe. I don't think Kenobi was made because it's safe. I think these are these are stories that when years ago, when when Disney bought Lucasfilm, creators were excited to tell. It's like Star Wars is going to open up. We have all these possibilities. We can do as many movies and now television shows as we want. Whose stories do we want to tell? There was an excitement to tell those stories, mm. and I and I enjoy the stories. But I also understand that Star Wars doesn't exist in a vacuum. And we have had several years of anything that can, can come back will come back. And a lot of legacy and references. So I think because of that general temperature in our entire culture, mm-hmm. what I'm most excited for in Star Wars is anything that feels new and fresh. Anything that makes people feel, I have not seen that in star wars before um i'm excited for uh stories that have a just grab you and don't let you go forward movement in the literal pacing Mm. uh because we've had lots of stories of of trauma we've had lots of stories of uh quiet loners (laughs) and that by its nature Mm -hmm. makes us spend a lot of time with star wars characters who are Sighing, thinking, saying two words, and staring off up there. <laughs> and that is one of my favorite forms of storytelling. But just yeah. by chance, that's a lot of what the characters have been going through. Yeah. And I want uh, I want a Han Solo energy. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. Grab you by the lapels and mm. bleep and go. Mm. I think that it would be a, a good energy uh, in Star Wars storytelling to capture that kind of spirit of grand adventure. Mm. Um. And then along with that, I think 2024 is going to be a, a challenging year. <laughs> Most of them are. But there's going to be a lot going on. And, and I think Star Wars is always at its best when there's a balance of the old and the new. Mm-hmm. And I think just really on the surface and the tone, we need new and forward movement. But I think it's, this is also a great year for the evergreen ideas that Star Wars has been really powerful about of uh, resilience and hope and empathy and finding strength in the face of an extremely challenging and dark time, because I think this is going to be a challenging year for a lot of us. And, and people need, need those ideas, need those morals and inspirations. You know, I hope that we see new characters that have exciting and different kinds of adventures, but you're still looking at that new character and going, I want to be like that person. I want to choose hope and, and fight Mm -hmm. hard against adversity. So uh, balance of the new and old. That, that's my <laughs> controversial suggestion for the vibe of Star Wars in oh, 2024. A lot of things you're saying there that is getting me excited for this new year uh, <laughs> with what's really there. And, and one comment, and I'm sure we'll come up again, but I, as someone who is, who does not like oh, Star Wars is just about Star Wars, right? And I know, I know that's something mm-hmm. you were up against too. Uh, they're just reference and the legacy characters. I, I, I'm with you. Give me more Kenobi. Give me more Solo. Give me more uh, Boba Fett. Give, give, give me those characters. I do also understand how that can maybe rub up against some Star Wars love for other folks. 
or mm-hmm. that it's just, hey, we've had it, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm prepared to find that balance going forward. And, and there's going to be a lot of things in this new year that are new. And, and that is exciting. Yeah, no, I think we're actually looking at a lot of uh, possibilities for the new and exciting. So I, I'm excited for that. Uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of uh, the the general culture and the possibility of pumping the brakes on Star Wars and how much that's going to affect uh, 2024. So there have been uh, stated public concerns uh, from many people in the industry. But, you know, Bob Iger, that decision maker uh, specifically, that uh, both MCU and Star Wars have put out too many shows on streaming and uh, too many movies too close together, diluting uh, both the quality and the demand. And, of course, you can debate and disagree with uh, with old Uncle <laughs> Union Smasher uh, Bob there. Uh, but that's that's his take, and that mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, what is going on in the industry, a lot of concern about having diluted that. Now, to be super clear and super fair, the MCU has put out much more than Star Wars in in 2023 for Star Wars, there were there were no new movies, but there was a lot of television. There's Mandalorian Season 3, Bad Batch Season 2, which, you know, overlapped with one another. Uh, Vision Season 2, Young Jedi Adventures uh, Season 1, Ahsoka Season 1. Um, that's, you know, objectively a lot. You, that's mm-hmm. not even counting books and comics, and not everybody consumes everything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But that is a lot, uh, particularly if you're a little bit older and you had some times where you're like, there's a 16 years mm-hmm. with no uh, movies or television shows. Uh, so how do you feel about a potential slowdown in 2024 or even a bigger slowdown in 2025 now that Iger's got the reins again and the, the command coming down the chain might be pump the brakes? It might, it, we might see it a bit in 2024, but we might see it even more in 2025. So how do you feel about that, Ken? I, I am more okay with it than I would have thought years ago. In fact, I've been on this show before saying, no, I, give me a new show every month, right? And I mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, I have to be honest, it's where my own life went, not just about uh, Star Wars lighting my fires as much as it used to. No, it, it is, but there's some realities. And uh, beyond just doing this for now, going into our 10th broadcast season, I mean, we've been swimming in it. So there's part mm-hmm. of that is part of the reason I want uh, maybe to slow down. But just I think I'm OK with it because um, I think I think it's OK for the franchise to just slow down. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're right. MCU's put out a lot more. And I think there was a time a couple years ago where people warned of superhero fatigue. And I would maybe have said, I don't know if it's there. The box office isn't showing it. There's a lot of factors. And and I I, I think you cannot separate some of the conversations, especially around mm-hmm. the Marvels. Uh, a, a woman led, what, three female leads? Well, four if you count the villain, right? And, and a, mm-hmm. a young woman of color director. There was conversation around that film that need to be discussed because they were at, 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 at you know, pro- problematic discussions the way the movie. There's that side of it but yeah if i can interject real quick yeah like just just with just with aquaman right now facing very similar numbers and worse reviews that highlights that distinction even more sorry yes go ahead yes yeah 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 no absolutely Uh, um putting all i I never want to put that on a shelf but but that's there but i i've seen it firsthand where even the day after christmas uh uh we were sitting down with with family to watch uh, a film and the choice of the Marvels came up, and everyone went, "Ah, yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of, t- I'm kind of tired of it. We'll watch something else." Um, and that was so. That's a 
factual moment, right? A, a lived in mm-hmm. experience. And trust me, everyone mm-hmm. in that room uh, uh, is, is, is on the right side of discussions of social issues, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It, but it was, <laughs> it's just the reality of, of, of what, and I don't want that to be Star Wars. I want to be protective of it. And it's just a bit through uh, trial and error. It didn't get a movie out, <laughs> you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's a blessing now, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense to me. Um, I think that I I really understand people who want, you know, as many different Star Wars stories as possible. And I always wanted to leave room for, I know a lot of people listening or watching are like, no, I'm really upset about a a slowdown. Give me, Mm -hmm. give me three to four shows a year. Um, I I think there are definitely some people who um, that's Star Wars is maybe one of the main things that they digest. Um, and that this has been a golden time to get more stories. I think for me, the downside of a slowdown is uh, losing a little bit of variety. We've talked for years about kind of wanting that Star Wars buffet where Star Wars can stretch to be many different things, many different voices can have a take on it. And I think the benefit of a year like last year is, um, and even kind of blending in the end of the previous year with, with, Andor and Kenobi of mm. you could have lots of different tastes in Star Wars and you if Kenobi's not for you you can just skip it and watch Andor if uh, if Mando wasn't for you you can just skip it and <laughs> uh, watch Bad Batch season two yeah. um, all that kind of thing so I, I am I like having a decent amount of Star Wars storytelling so that you have some variety but I think a slowdown is necessary for the just survival of Star yes. Wars. Yes. I think that it, it, the conversations around it becoming repetitive, I think in the industry, it cannot exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Star Wars put out way less than MCU, but it's tied to it because of Disney, because mm-hmm. of streaming, because of the sort of conversations about genre blockbusters, and because of the uh, style of release, not just the these streaming television shows, but the uh, effect of blockbuster movies, I don't think it's superhero in uh, fatigue and genre fatigue alone. Mm-hmm. I think it's right. um, decent consumer sense of, I'm a little tired of these superhero movies, but more importantly, other people around me are tired of them. So they're not going to treat them as an event. I'm not going to find eight buddies who want to go out. I'm going to find my one diehard friend. Right. So it's not going to be as big of an event. The The social media, which is also shattered and scattered, is not going to be uh, full of selfies. So I'm mm-hmm. going to feel left out. And also, I could spend whatever you're spending in your local market, but 25, 50 bucks by the time you pay for parking and the movie and bucket of popcorn and all that. Or I could wait literally two months. Yeah. I think that's such a huge factor to the burnout on the theatrical side that the films are coming to streaming so so quickly because it's a it makes it a financial decision mm-hmm. of I'm kind of interested in Ant-Man, but I'll just wait two months. Mm-hmm. And there's also the feeling, which which is what takes me back uh to to Star Wars, that feeling that it isn't an event it isn't special i think the speed at which it's coming to streaming Mm -hmm. makes it feel more like 
uh, it's a, just a factory pipeline. You know, uh, I, I don't want to make this about things should be like they were when they were kids, but I think it's helpful right. to sort of contrast the way the industry used to be of you wait a long time in the fact that it debuted on broadcast television, uh, you know, <laughs> in a horrible pan and scan with an obscene <laughs> amount of commercials, which we should not go back to. That was an event because yeah, yeah. movies are ah, up, yeah. up here and it finally came to our lowly little home box. And then maybe you could buy it and not wait for when CBS wants to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that elevation of movies as something special that you have to go to. And if you want to see it at home, it's going to take a while or cost some money. Uh, the the way the industry in the last three years mm-hmm. cannibalized themselves mm-hmm. and made movies not events like Star Wars isn't dealing with this right that literally right now because they aren't putting movies out mm-hmm. but I think that's you know a, a, a concern for the next Star Wars movie and I think that feeling of none of this is an event none of this is special anymore to the general public really affects the the amount of Star Wars output. Yeah, you're saying a lot of things uh, I want to keep going into. <laughs> uh, and, and without turning this into movie business center or MCU center, uh, there, there's a lot of factors. So, so the reality, I, I get really grumpy when I see friends tweet out, you know, because it's their job. Uh, low box office for this and that. What's going on? Was this movie bad? Like, uh, do you know how many people I know don't want to leave their house for mm-hmm. good reasons? Or understandable reasons, the the cost. Uh, uh, you know, you know my love for pro wrestling. Everyone in my life saying you got to go see the Iron Claw. I'm like, yeah, cool, I will. When it comes to Amazon Prime in two months, because mm-hmm. I don't really have the time, money, desire to go out right now. Uh, and that is, you cannot separate that from the factors when talking about these movies. I love that you're what you're saying about the film industry started <laughs> the entertainment industry started cannibalizing itself. Uh, look at this. We give you can watch it on your phone. Why are you all watching it on your phone? Like, come. And, and, and I think that's just a natural byproduct of, of, of the three films a year because three Marvel films a year absolutely worked for a while. And mm-hmm. it still probably works technically, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm with you and, and it's all over. You could, you could really pinpoint discuss, discuss things, uh, you know, uh, if you want about why, but Star Wars uh, is, is going to benefit from, having a little bit of a, of a pause. And and if that movie hits, and I believe it will hit in 2025, that's going to be so fun. Ten years after Force mm-hmm. Awakens, we get uh, we get this film. That's going to be great. Yeah, 2025 or 2026. Could be, could be. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see, I can't wait. We'll see. I can't wait to find out. I, I also, uh, we're, we're going to, as soon as we're done talking about this, we're going to talk about the shows that are still probably coming out. It's yeah. not like we're going to be, we're, it's not like we're looking at the barrel of, there are no Star Wars shows or there's one holiday special. Ooh, yeah. 2024 is still, uh, in theory, going to have a lot of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I also think that um, it's not a bad thing for me to give people time to catch up or rewatch older Star Wars shows or movie mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this has been certainly true of our, our generation grew up with the original trilogy. I think it's true with uh, people who, who grew up with the prequel trilogy that part of the depth of that bond, uh, the part of a celebration of specific quotes from those films, uh, a love of very small side characters, 
mm-hmm. is the fact that if in the absence of new stuff, let's rewatch this again and again and celebrate little moments and tiny moments. And we always joke that, you know, nobody walked out of Return of the Jedi in 1983 saying, you know what the best line of that film is? It's a trap. That's right. going to be the, you know, <laughs> that was from one. people <laughs> watching it again and again and it, mm-hmm. and it becoming a little call sign between yeah. fans. And I'm not, I, I'm not arguing for like hipsterism or obscurity. I'm just saying right, right. the amount of Star Wars that has, that has come out, I think there's an actual financial value mm-hmm. to letting people rewatch Kenobi and fall more in love with Freck. Yeah. <laughs> because they've rewatched Kenobi several times now. I think it's worth it for people to, uh, you know, rewatch Book of Boba Fett and, and fall more in love with Garza Whip because they have time to mm-hmm. digest the character. Um, I think it, that means also more time for toy companies to catch up with mm-hmm. the amount of content, more time for Blu-rays to be put out. Uh, so I think there is some value in encouraging Star Wars fans to revisit the big amount of storytelling we've got in the last several years. The physical media thing is a, is a, is an important thing because I think I think there's just an assumption that everyone has Disney Plus still, or did, mm-hmm. or could get mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's not mm-hmm. that's not true. And there's other ways to maybe figure out how to watch it. But you know, <laughs> I mean, I think my bundle is over twenty dollars now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's there's some realities there that, the, you know, there's a little something that happened in the world the last three, four years that changed a lot of things. And, and so uh, all that to say, if if that uh, f- flows down into us appreciating Freck more, which you should, uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's a good thing. But, yeah, just, I, you're just making me like I didn't I didn't see prune face for like two years. I didn't, see, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see him in '83. I saw him on a VHS <laughs> viewing in '85. I had to actively look for Prune Face. Yeah, uh, because I made. I assumed that uh, Prune Face was a bounty hunter, which was. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah. He's a brave yeah. resistance, Brazilian resistance fighter, Ori Marco. <laughs> um, so there are three shows that are likely to come out in 2024. So after talking about pumping the brakes, let's talk about the three shows that are. Pre- probably still going to come out uh some have uh been mm. announced uh of or not even announced i think in in a specific press release for mm. disney plus in europe or something i i don't remember the detail yeah. but we are speaking with caution because release dates on streaming have been very very malleable mm-hmm. so we're going to discuss what's likely to come out starting with skeleton crew ken what are you excited about for skeleton crew I'm excited for people to uh, pick up on the vibe early and, and either it's for you or it's not for you. And, and those that it's for and, and it could be younger for, sh- for for certain. But I think people are going to find a, a fun, exciting, relatable Star Wars adventure that is in a very familiar part of the galaxy. We spent the last four or five years in this quote unquote Mando verse. That is also a, a brand new look at it, a brand new perspective on it. I think it's going to be fun. And and we're speaking as, as, as folks that had the benefit of seeing some footage at Star Wars Celebration London. And it was so surprising. And mm-hmm. the vibe was so just uh, clear. You know, the Amblin mm-hmm. days, you got it. 
it worked. Yeah, you know, everyone goes to the season, season one of Stranger Things as an Amblin example. Everything, yeah, and it works. It works, and it's not just a nostalgia pull. I think it's going to help um, foster some growth in, for Star Wars and uh, in, in, in younger audiences who are going to connect with that. I, I, I'm excited for that. I, I don't think it, you know. I'm not anticipating it to be my favorite of the year, uh, which means it might end up stealing my heart, and that's what I'm excited <laughs> for the fandom to experience. Yeah, it might surprise you. Yeah, the trailer, uh, which we were lucky to see, really made it clear that the that it's going to fulfill the uh, the promise of the premise of this yeah. great Star Wars morality tale that uh, beyond fear lies discovery and actualization and agency, mm-hmm. and to tell this story of kids who get lost in the galaxy. And my biggest thrill from seeing that trailer was some scary bleep (laughs) was that it wasn't like, whoops, some kids have a a little adventure, but like Mm -hmm. it is terrifying that they are out there in this big, horrible, dangerous galaxy. But by passing through that fear, uh, what will they discover? What will they become is such a it's such a great coming of age story. And I think it's almost like the challenge that. (laughs) Most of us face every day getting out of bed. <laughs> like I got to pass through the fear to yeah. to find some agency and some joy uh, is, you know, a daily adventure for me. I think it's, it is for many people. Um, I, and, and it might, it, it, I'm so fascinated by it because it might be a, mm. a story that's very interconnected to this new Republic era mm-hmm. of storytelling, this Mandoverse. It might be like, oh, it's really building to this, Filoni mm-hmm. movie or it's really tied into Mandalorian season four and it might be super interconnected or it might be a great jumping on point for Star Wars because it's a focus on, you know, younger people, that same sort of stranger mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Watch it with your kids, parents. There's two generations of storytelling, but this is a perspective for kids mm-hmm. who don't know the entire history of Star Wars, uh, like, you know, Ahsoka and Sabine do. Right. But Kids taking their first step into a galaxy and introducing new viewers through their eyes mm-hmm. to this post-Empire galaxy. It could be a super great jumping on point. And, and I don't know which way it's going to tilt. You're doing a great job of selling it. Seriously, a, a part-time job in marketing might be in your future because the tagline <laughs> of what's beyond fear that you just created or, or said there, that's a wonderful way to look at it when you're talking to young kids. And this is this could be a generational experience. Not that Star Wars isn't. Unless you count Andor might be, that might have been a hard watch for your seven-year-old just because the kid's like, pull out a, pull out a laser sword. But what, this will be a generational experience. You absolutely know that's going to happen. You know, there's going to be, uh, you know, parents with their 10 year old going, oh, my God, I got to experience Star Wars with them in a way they hadn't previously enjoyed or had connected to it. Again, other shows you could connect as well. That's part of the design of Star Wars. But that's going to be a big selling point. And and, and I do think there's going to be enough there for everyone. This isn't we're not talking a Saturday morning cartoon here. Even then, I'd mm-hmm. probably watch it. But yeah, yeah, I, I, there's some va- valuable lessons that I think we all we all might need to go back and learn. And if it's through a 10, 10 11, and 12-year-olds having an adventure to find what's beyond fear in space, that's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that there is a possibility that there are some surprises that uh, they yes. got that trailer out and they played it at Celebration. I'm sure many people have found mysterious ways to mm. locate it online. Um but they haven't released it to the general public yet. And I, I still have this feeling that there is might be some bigger surprise that connects. There's a surprise in that trailer, uh, but there might be an even bigger surprise that connects it to the narrative of the Mandoverse and the narrative of the New Republic. Uh, yeah. Is Jude Law Snoke? <laughs> I'm joking. 
Total joke. Uh, but <laughs> you joke. Anyway, I joke right now. But, yeah. uh, and I got Ken, I got to be honest with you. I'm joking yeah. a little bit here. But one of the things I'm most excited for for Skeleton Crew in this sort of a new strange era we're entering with streaming and with questioning things of uh, and having the strike era where uh, actors were not able to promote, you know, mm-hmm. Ah- Ahsoka was a a huge thrill to many many Star Wars fans, and there, there was a huge buildup, and they needed no help. But it would have been great if yeah. the actors were out there promoting it and making it even bigger excitement to the general public. Yeah. So with that, like, oh, good, we can get back to promoting. Now here's Jude Law, <laughs> some child actors you've never met. How yeah. they're going to go about promoting this is mm. really fascinating to me. And was I, I? I think something needed, and I think it was a smart decision to to uh, punt the ball there and, and move skeleton crew down the field. Uh, mm-hmm. You could have you could have easily just stayed the course. And again, you're right. I don't remember what was an official announcement for the debut of skeleton crew, or what was just a website running with it. And we all said that sounds mm-hmm. good to me. I, I don't know, and it, it really doesn't yeah. matter. Y- without a doubt, I think if all things had been quote normal, that would have been the slot. Yes, Doctor Who and the big push for Who. Uh, as you had pointed out, would have uh, maybe, and, you know, parsing out uh, would have been good. But. Yeah, and listeners pointed out Percy Faith is a very much a, you know, big fantasy draw coming-of-age story as well, so. Oh, what, Percy Jackson? Per- yeah, did I say Percy Faith? You said Percy Faith, <laughs> which is a great R&B singer from, like, 62, if we wanted a great one, great one right now. Have I mentioned that I landed here uh, in midnight and slept for four hours? Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Joseph is uh, he's he's having a, a Michael Jordan flu game here. Uh, it, it is great. Um, I just yeah love it. Percy Faith and the Olympians, maybe a band name he had at one point. When a man loves a woman, uh, I think that's great. Um, oh, but yeah, I yeah, 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 no, but you're right. You, you know, because we're obviously we think so in terms of Star Wars and in that bubble, but Disney. The company has to think outside of it, and they didn't in the past. That that whole the She Hulk Kenobi um, uh, debacle, if you want to call it that, I think it affected Ms. It. Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Marvel. Sorry. Um, yeah. See, I I couldn't because I did. I was you know I was watching Kenobi. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think they needed the cast. They need Judd Judd Jude uh, Percy Faith out there. <laughs> needed Jude Law out there. Uh, I got back on Sunday. I don't know what my excuse is other yeah. than my normal mush mouth. Um, but yes, uh, and, and that's going to be fun. It's gonna, I think it's going to be great to see that young cast out there. They were so great on stage at Celebration to see them mm-hmm. out there just excited to do. You know, it's, it's great to see actors excited about press because I understand why they aren't excited a, a lot of times. Here's here's my prediction, and we'll move on from Skeleton Crew. Okay. Uh, I feel this year, for some reason... Uh, the holiday film, The Holiday, that Jude Law is in, mm. seemed on social media to finally surpass Love Actually as the holiday film that people want to fight about on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably just like an older holiday movie, and it's now it's yeah. having a little yeah. resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for some reason, I predict that Jude Law is going to be out there trying to sell Skeleton Crew, and people are going to be randomly asking him about the you know 2006 or whatever that is. <laughs> holiday movie the holiday and like yeah do you think it was believable that kate winslet and jack black uh, were a couple do you think that's believable? And then he's gonna be like why are you asking me this asking? out of the blue that's amazing that's amazing yeah. yeah all right next up the acolyte 
Uh, we are also lucky to see a trailer for this at Star Wars Celebration, and I think it, it got us both even more exciting for uh, excited for this. But Ken, what is exciting to you about the Acolyte? Uh, this is my number one choice from my, my thing I'm most looking forward to, and that's saying a lot because Bad Batch is really special to me mm-hmm. and so many others. Uh, this, it's going to be everything you, you talked about and we talked about up top of new characters you're not familiar with. Uh, and that includes, yeah, I know if you've read The High Republic, there's going to be several that you might be familiar with or at least the time period you're familiar with. But for the general audience or the Star Wars fan, this is going to be brand new. But everything about it is going to feel like home. And, yeah, the 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 footage we saw was jaw-dropping in, in a lot of different ways. It, not just, like, what we were seeing, but just just that, that like, I can't comprehend what I'm seeing. And, and, I, and I'm mm-hmm. so excited. And, and, and I think um, – I don't, I don't think this has been under the radar for Star Wars fans, but I think it remains under the radar for, again, those that t- tune into Disney Plus that you have to pull in. And for those who do think, uh, Kenobi, Sand Planet, uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's a reality. Mm-hmm. You, you and I can love that series all day, and we will, but th- that's a reality. And I think uh, it's like, here's the pitch. Do you like a Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Matrix, but in Star Wars? Oh yeah, what's that? Like that's gonna pull you in, and and, yeah. and it's gonna be, it's gonna. I I I just know in my heart it's gonna deliver. I'm so happy about this series. Yeah, and the fact that it is not connected not. Uh, to I- existing on screen lore is uh, right. might get maybe a great entry point uh, for people who you know started out with the Mandalorian really enjoying following like nobody's met this uh, armor daddy. <laughs> <laughs> right. In the in the in the weird little baby. And then the more it had got involved in uh in Star Wars lore, mm-hmm. which I, I am fine with and also love, don't yeah. I feel like was doing being done for honest storytelling reasons, not for like, oh no, the ratings, get Luke Skywalker out there. I I don't agree with that take. But I think it got it got deeper as it went along, and I think it made it harder for uh, casual mm-hmm. viewers, not yeah. In, intense Star Wars fans to play along, but the Acolyte might also be a great jumping on point for you haven't given Star Wars a try or you've been shaken off. But if you're a more general audience member, Acolyte could be a great, a great thing. So I am excited about that. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that trailer was on every level. If you like the Jedi force mystical side of Star Wars, that trailer was like being a kid in a candy store and being given a hundred dollars. It in that trailer was everything I love about the Jedi from the most basic pulpy adventure fun to the most serious, meaningful philosophy of what does it mean to have this power and, and make a choice about how to wield it into how to be true to yourself, but also a part of something larger than yourself. Uh, it was, to my recollection, wall-to-wall Jedi philosophy and totally amazing lightsaber action. It was the complete Jedi package in that trailer. Yeah. And that's just got me incredibly excited for myself because I'm a big fan of all those things and also excited for the possibility of that 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 combination of pulpy thrill with uh philosophical depth mm-hmm. that it could really hook hook people and grab them plus we all got to say is that a wookie 
and it was a lot of fun. I, I look at every we've said it before. Uh, every interview that Leslie Headland uh, gave back in the day before she kind of went in the bunker to make this thing uh, had us more and more excited for the series. Uh, I, I just personally love every word. She, I just feel feel she gets it and comes from a generation comes from that prequel generation comes from the eu kept us alive generation comes from all that but also a reverence and an understanding of what came before in the 70s and 80s like it's this perfect mix and i'm putting a lot of pressure on the series uh somewhere leslie headland's in her bunker going i don't want to just everyone everyone quiet just everyone watch the series uh but mm-hmm. you're right the jedi stuff uh and and it will lead to answers or understandings of other Star Wars stories. Uh, it is, uh, and I, don't, I personally don't think any series has relied on the lore entirely, uh, but this one will have the benefit of being like, it, it, it. this is who we are, this is what the show's about, and the rest will work itself out. You don't need to wonder, is is that Starkiller? Did, is that what they brought him? Is that Ezra? All that stuff can be fun, but this series will have, have its own questions that it creates and its own hype and predictions and wants and desires and its its, its own ecosystem by, while connecting to the bigger stuff. I, I'm just super excited what we saw was just mind-blowing. Yeah. And I'm talking a lot about Jedi, but I, you know, I should say within that Jedi and, and people who, who are stepping aside from it, because I think this is, is a show that is dealing with somebody who has walked away, dealing with the dark yeah. side as they've talked about. So um, as yeah. Lucas himself has said, sometimes to his own chagrin, like people seem to love the villains. You know, there's, I think a history with star Wars where Lucas yes. wants it to be a fable <laughs> about making the right choices and the villains are cautionary tales who lead miserable, sad, depressing, lonely lives. And yet they look so damn cool. They're (laughs) often extremely well executed as characters. So they're mysterious and charming. Yeah. They look cool. So you want to buy the action figures. They make bad choices, but the storytelling's good, so you can kind of relate to, like, oh, I understand your pain. I don't agree with you with the horrible choice you made, but I understand where you're coming from. Star Wars has this sort of gift and curse of people being deeply attracted to the villains in that this is going to be a show with <laughs> sympathetic, empathetic villains yeah. with lots of action. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah, right. That, that could really hook people. Star Wars is at times a mirror to society, right? Even even Grace on Christmas Day was like, I really want to watch Last Jedi. That's that's my favorite one because uh, Kylo hasn't turned into a wimpy good guy yet. Like you know, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's 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 the discussion in our house. And and I'm with you. I think uh, it, I, I think we should learn. Uh, I always say, you know, the lessons that Vader uh, it, it shows uh, us all in the Rogue One hallway scene we should maybe pay attention to, but also it's badass and it's hard to turn away from it. I think there's going to be a lot of that. You're, you're absolutely right. This is a dark side tale, right? It's part of the marketing, mm-hmm. uh, which is again, just marketing from afar. Oh, uh, that's going to be an interesting side effect. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, <laughs> wonderful site, uh, I follow, uh, used to be Jedi business now galactic figures. Yeah. Every year they do a poll for favorite action figures, uh, both in the black series line and the vintage. Hera got in there for vintage. And besides that, it's like, it's like Chris Hatton and Cad Bane and, yeah. you know, uh, Sith Lords from the EU. And like the, the baddies are popular. Yeah. The baddies are very popular. I look, look, even, yeah. even in rewatching Last Jedi, it'd been maybe, uh, maybe up to a year that I actually had sat and watched the film. Right. Um, mm-hmm. For no reason other than time and schedule and life. And I, I remember we we're on crate and I just was like, God 
damn it, the, the resistance fighters have the worst uniforms. <laughs> they just have the worst uniforms, but that's kind of part of what's going on, right? They don't got, they don't got time. Yeah. They don't have a bespoke uniform, uh, you know, to be made for them. They're, you know, they just, they got to put on what's around and fight. That is, that's, that's a really good uh, Star Wars sketch where, you know, the dark side rises again and, and the, uh, the good guys are like, we're going to stay true to our morals. Yeah. Uh, but let's look at Luke Skywalker. Remember when he was a super good guy, but we're all black and has one black glove. <laughs> yes. Looks real cool. We need to dress cooler. No more of these uh, drab earth tones. We need to dress cool to win the the uh, promotional battle, the public opinion battle. Yeah. Uh, final thing for me for Acolyte, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that it is in the High Republic era. Yeah. Uh, the High Republic right now exists mostly on the publishing side. The uh, the Young Adve- Jedi Adventures uh, series is set in the High Republic. Uh, so we're getting some of that aesthetic on screen of the robes. We got some cameos. I haven't watched the episode uh, uh, yet uh, with uh, some of the, the great Jedi from the High Republic publishing initiative. Um, I don't think that it is going to be tied to the High Republic in terms of like, you have to have read these books to get it. I think Acolyte is going to be very much stand on its own. And I think as a side benefit, I think it might turn some people on to like, do you crave new era eras in Star Wars unconnected to lore, you know, from the original or prequel trilogies? Do you like a lot of different Jedi? Um, Go check out the High Republic. Mm -hmm. I think that the show could do a really good job promoting uh, Mm -hmm. the great work that's been done on the publishing side. Yeah, yeah, we know there's at least, what, one big character that shows up. It's mm-hmm. going to be kind of the, quote, end of that era. I'm not expecting big answers. It's already been on the record that, uh, you know, Leslie pitched the show, and they were like, well, hey, this happens to be. And, oh, she's like, you know, I, I've, I'm reading those books. Yeah, that's great. Let's figure it out. But I'm ex- not expecting it to be the big, uh, you know, end of the of that era indeed. And I know you're not, and most people aren't. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, um, it's it's going it, to it's gonna push some people there, as it should. I, I, I You and I have um, – You've started back up in the High Republic. I've been away from it for about a year, and I miss it. I miss the characters. Uh, that first uh, phase is, is is a great era of Star Wars storytelling. So that's a that's a good benefit. Yeah, yeah, and, and it is a lot. So it's a, it's a, a delightful mountain to climb, but it is a mountain of storytelling to climb. Uh, moving on uh, to Bad Batch Season 3. Uh, Ken and I are on record. You can go back and listen to our Bad Batch Reports episodes. We both, oh, we love this show. So, Ken, what are you excited about for the third and final season of Bad Batch? I'm excited that these storytellers are getting to complete their story. That is not often a guarantee in uh, the entertainment business. Uh, at times, a little bit more in streaming because you get these short run series, and all right, we'll give you two mm-hmm. two years of eight each season. But you know the the lessons uh, that uh, Floney and team learned when uh, Clone Wars came to an end after season five, and they're like, but 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 but. Yeah, and, yeah, but. but but Clone Wars Saved was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle. And, and uh, uh, I'm happy that, that they got that. But this is a let's bring it home. We got three th- three seasons to tell this story. We know we had it, or at least at one point this became the decision. So I'm excited to, to see that conclusion and get some answers and just um, return to this crew. Mm-hmm. My, my, minus one. Oh, that hurts mm-hmm. still. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, but also... This is the storytelling that engaged me the most this past year. Um, 
and the, those everyone hi- highlights those two crosshair episodes. I was listening to to Molly and Alex this past weekend, both mm. uh, praising those two episodes for good reasons. I want to revisit them politically, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's a good time to do that. But but also just the, the you know tech racing. I want to see that. I, there's so much there, and it's rewarding and still surprising. I know this doesn't pull in, folks. It, it, mm-hmm. You and I uh, were on on record too, and when this kind of came out. It was like, uh, all right, we could kind of tell it was a backdoor pilot coming from this Clone Wars Season 7. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Space A-Team, we'll see. And I think uh, it benefited from those low expectations, I, which I don't mm-hmm. want shows to have low expectations. I want yeah. everyone's expectations to be high. But I personally was just like, okay. And it's just continued to move me and inspire me and enlighten me in a way other Star Wars programming has gotten close. But this one surpassed mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah, for me, I think uh, I love Bad Batch because it has provided both this warmth and fun and escapism of I want to spend time with those friends. Like I've been rewatching some old episodes of the sitcom Cheers, which I grew up watching. Not only is it being broadcast, but in in the Minneapolis market, uh, it was played at 1035 p.m. after the news. And I watched it every night. And sometimes the episodes are a little hit and miss, but I was still spending time with Sam and Norm and seeing what was going on with them. Yeah. And I feel that way about the Bad Batch crew of like, I would, I would really just watch them bicker on the ship <laughs> for an episode, but it isn't just that episode a week. I understand for some people, the big through line story is a little too slow to develop, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I feel like that big picture story is absolutely there. So I get the fun and thrill of just like, what's going on with my clone buddies yeah. uh, how are they doing this week i just want to hang out with them while also having deep real honest gut-wrenching you know developments that you're rooting for them and you're so happy for them when they succeed when they mm-hmm. connect when they mm-hmm. change when they evolve and so heartbroken when things go horribly wrong for them and it's such an incredibly strong portrait of I think what Star Wars does uh, often does the best of it can sound so uh, quaint and saccharine to say you know hope is a little light in the darkness but for me it's helpful in storytelling when the darkness is really really awful Mm -hmm. and people are still finding a way to hang on to hope to have fun to have empathy to have family to have community and this is an era and a group of people who are facing horrific darkness of the realization of we were born to be used and thrown away. And the galaxy is just realizing how awful everything is going to become for everybody. And we're still going to try to be strong, be a family, have purpose. It makes it so moving. And I'm so excited to have that story closed out. I am looking forward to, in 2024 to have some clones break my heart <laughs> in a, in a good way. Um, and I think because, because they've got the closure planned with this is the third season. I really do feel like the story is developing toward um, an end for these clones, but also a little bit of an end to the clone, the story of the clones in the big picture. Obviously you know, clones, individual clones, like like Rex continues and he has adventures yeah. in Rebels and he survives through the entire Galactic Civil War and mm-hmm. maybe he'll have his own show eventually. Um, but for the clones, I, I think they're building to a win 
for the clones mm -hmm. who can finally uh, grab agency and say, we maybe can't topple the Empire, but we can finally stop uh, being used mm -hmm. and put a definitive end to that. Yeah, uh, that, that, and that was one of the, the powerful things to emerge. This series is, it's a... Uh, Star Wars themed stew slowly simmered in a crock pot on a holiday morning. It's just, it's, it's so <laughs> wonderful. Uh, uh, change and growth and all those things, the agency, finding your place, identity, all those things that we talked about. Go back and listen to the Bad Batch Report if you're just discovering the series. Uh, but you're right, to have that, the win for the clones and end this era of Star Wars story, storytelling in a way. That's something that did, did kind of emerge, right? Uh, this, mm -hmm. this series was about what... What do we do about the clones, story-wise? Because you you got the the lore or the trivia facts. Well, some of them were phased out. Some of this, this, and that. Got it, got it. But what does that mean in this series? It delivers on that, and I can't wait for the third season. And that might be the first out of the gate. Uh, it'll be a great start to it all. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Andor season two uh, at one point uh, was slotted for twenty twenty four. If it is ready to be released, but it's held. If this is the pump the break show where we're not going to put out Andor, even though it's maybe ready to go in 2024, we're going to wait until 2025. How would you feel about that, Ken? Um, a little bummed. I have to admit a little bummed. This is a series that that um, at times I, I – I don't, I don't, struck, no, I loved it. I love this series. I think it's the best made in a lot of technical ways, and 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 it moved and brought in a lot of folks. But uh, uh, I, I, you know, I miss some of the the the, the whiz bang Star Wars of it all. But I, I more than anything, I just want to see what's next, and that's what the series really succeeded at. And so I'm a little bummed if I have to wait. Uh, I can, you know, it's possible. You know, these, these things are, I remember when they were like, the next season of Game of Thrones is in two years because we got to wait for the snow to fall. Like what? I was so bummed, but uh, I think we'll be rewarded. Unfortunately, we'll be here sooner than you know, because that's how time works. Um, mm -hmm. Also, and I know it's a question we're going to discuss later on, so I don't want to get into it. But this series in 2025, post a potentially world-changing election, will be an interesting thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe that is a part of Andor is, uh, is a extremely well-done show. It really is. I think Star Wars, uh, all, all the themes, all the ideas are absolutely, to me, embedded in Star Wars. They mm -hmm. aren't new, but it's taking these elements of Star Wars about uh, rebellion and how you how you uh, mm -hmm. how you handle an authoritarian regime? How you handle fascism? How you mm -hmm. keep your soul in the face of needing to fight against that kind of horror? Mm -hmm. um, all that theme told not in a zippy pulp adventure way, but told in a prestige television. <laughs> uh, like I I I think Andor is extremely well done, and I think people mm -hmm. who say. The acting is amazing. The writing is amazing. I agree with you, but it, I also think that it is a very specific style of its time of what, like, mm -hmm. right now in the 2020s, what we think of as quality storytelling from a, from the prestige television era, mm -hmm. era from, like, Sopranos yep. to Mad Men to Breaking Bad to Andor. Mm -hmm. and, and I do think it is extremely good, but I also think it makes it, you know, more explicit its potential interpretations and connections to the real world. Yeah. So there's a part of me if, if, if wondering, even if they're like, if, if we want to pump the brakes mm -hmm. and we have all these shows, 
Andor was our, in some ways, our, our big, well, our biggest critical hit. Yeah, yeah. Ha- hands down. Hands down, hands down. Um, then do we just, do we, do we want to let the world itself <laughs> explode a little bit? And then, you know, put, put yeah. in some ways the most critically well-received thing we got, the, the, not, not necessarily numbers, but mm-hmm. with streaming at this point, yeah. which numbers do they value? What do they want? But I can see how they might want to hold it and yeah. build anticipation. And I would ultimately be okay with that since that's even the crankiest mm-hmm. mf on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's like, Star Wars is dead and it's awful. It's just repetition, blah, blah, blah. It has nothing new to teach us. Well, except for Andor. I love Andor. Yeah. Um, I think it would be fine to, to let it simmer and have people build anticipation and excitement. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I just can't wait for it. But also, I think I can wait for it. Yeah. Uh, final one to talk about. Uh, and this is, I think, uh, not one that's trying to be a big spa- splash. Uh, but at one point, uh, well, Tales of the Jedi Season 2, the mm. short animated uh, adventures in the Clone Wars style that uh, Floney did the season with uh, emphasizing uh, Ahsoka in Dooku's story. It was announced that there would be a second season. And uh, it looks like this is... Uh, 2024 is probably the year for that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about uh, about that? Are you excited for it? Absolutely. Are you concerned about it? <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I am glad that you included it on this list. I don't want it to be overlooked. I I can't tell you how much I enjoyed Tales of Jedi season one. I, I really did. And and the Dooku stuff was just uh, just peak Star Wars in a lot of ways for me. Man, it's a chef's mm-hmm. kiss kind of moment and, and a reminder of 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 the. On uh, the power of Filoni's Star Wars love of mine, but also the power of that mind connected with other wonderful creators. Uh, mm-hmm. And yep, that's a little bit of a shot across the bow of Ahsoka. Of, of uh, I thought it was a little bit too much of a one man team at times. Um, I mean, there's also hundreds of people in the show. You know what I mean? Um, yep. In terms of writing credits, uh, this the, the, it's I, I, and I just don't know. Right? We're I, we're not going to get three more of Dooku. We always possible we get three more of Ahsoka because it's, it's Dave behind it. I get it. Um, but there's so much potential to explore uh, stuff in the series. Maybe we get, you know, maybe you want to know about the first moments of Sabine and Ahsoka's relationship. Mm-hmm. This is where you could get it and and have, you know, Ashley and, and Tia back for those moments too, if that's what uh, that's what you love. Um, and I do. Um, th- there's so much potential and there's so much unknown. I'm excited about it. And it's just, I like having if I log into my streaming service, I pay a lot of money for, and there's this over here for 15 minutes to watch and it's powerful and poignant and star Wars. That's a great win. Yeah, no, my, my, I agree with you. My number one prediction and, and maybe hope since it is, is Dave is, uh, uh, Ahsoka and Sabine mm-hmm. the first time around the yeah. training that went, went South. Uh, that would be a great tales of the Jedi tale. Yeah. I, I love and I want variety in Star Wars. And I think that Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte, like we're talking about, both have the potential to be, here's here's a, a show to get on board or you've been uh, uh, off of Star Wars and here's a way to get back in. I also like the variety of, uh, Tales of the Jedi for me is like, hey, you want to know what happened to Yaddle? It's for yeah, yeah. <laughs> in-depth. <laughs> it is for in-depth all in Star Wars fans. Like yep. people who've never heard of Ahsoka and Dooku can watch it and still get value from it. I, I don't want to be like that. But it is, but I think it, it did really excite people of like, do you want to see extremely obscure moments mm-hmm. of Star Wars lore fleshed out? 
Uh, and my answer is yes. yes. Uh, particularly yes. dealing with the great morals of, of what it means to be a Jedi and all those. So I think Ahsoka and Sabine, I, I think as Filoni uh, plunges forward on being in charge of the New Republic era storytelling along with Favreau, but really starting to shape that himself if he's going to do the the film that that deals with the new republic era mm-hmm. that i wonder if he would want to start and and there is some building toward the sequel era that's going yeah. on yeah so i could also see him wanting to do some luke and young ben to sort of shape yeah. that storytelling for the future yeah put his imprint on it yeah absolutely yeah 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 potential. All right. Well, uh, that is our longer first half. We're going to have a shorter second half. So <laughs> our uh, that's our first, mm, I can 75% of the show. Anyway, Ken, <laughs> we are headed towards a break, but we got a recommendation first. That's right. This is our Force Center Recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And today we're recommending Crimson Climb by E.K. Johnston. This is a book about Kira following her adventures in Solo, uh, maybe connected it to some of her adventures in the comics. I don't know. Listen and find out. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. On the other side, more Force Center and I want a deeper and wider and shorter look into 2024. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Force Center, episode 626 in an ongoing series about Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. And Joseph, we have uh, got a little bit more to discuss. Looking forward to 2024. Yes, let's go deep, wide, and short. Uh, three of the best Disney characters. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, that's a Pixar movie right there. Yes. Deep, wide, and short. What are their lives like? Do they have emotions, deep, wide, and short? Anyway. With the theme song uh, by Percy Faith. <laughs> it's going to be great. And the Olympians. Don't leave and out the, the Olympians. Olympians. Uh, <laughs> before we even talk about any storytelling related to the Phantom Men's uh, 25th anniversary, uh, you, 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 you got very emotional. How are you feeling emotionally about the anniversary of 25 years? <laughs> uh, emotional, because that's a long time. <laughs> uh, I am excited. It, it's funny. I don't think I have anything new to add to the conversation that I that I didn't already say in 2019 in terms of just the movie and the era but mm-hmm. but think about even since then just you know Keller and Beck and Ahmed Best that that mm-hmm. right there is is a great signpost on the on the uh, you know the cultural path forward of of mm-hmm. or do we discuss Phantom Menace around here do we love it yeah look at the this reaction uh look to him just showing up look to him returning to Star Wars and he had in the Jedi Temple Challenge let's be clear he had voiced Jar Jar a few times in the Clone Wars but nothing at this level and and Keller and Beck's not sorry a Phantom Menace character I know but it just speaks about the power of that generation the power of that story um and 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 less and less people look at me weirdly when I, I'm at a party and I say, oh, nah, I actually really love Phantom Menace. Like the the, the amount of what's mm-hmm. are, are lowering every year. And I think that's part of what I'm, I mean. We'll dive in, I'm sure, this year at one point to more things in the movie and celebrate the pod race and all that stuff. All that stuff's going to be mm-hmm. there. But the thing that's changed now, 20 years to 25, uh, is that I think it's just going to be an explosion of, 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 of love for this film by those who are affected by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's a lot to process, uh, regardless of what age you were when you first saw uh, Phantom Menace. If you were alive when it first came out in 99, it is mm-hmm. those big cultural signposts are a lot to process our aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you, you know, you're 14 and you first watched it four years ago, 10 to 14 is a long time. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh yeah, so I think there is a lot to process. I've been working on a script that deals with the year 1999 and looking back on it. So I feel like, okay, I think I did some of my own emotional process already mm-hmm. <laughs> by writing that script. Yeah, But uh, there is, for me, it is nice uh, to see uh, one of the interesting things about getting older is watching what is different about younger generations and trying to understand their perspective, but then also watching younger generations go through 
the natural process of getting older in the <laughs> heaviness of it yeah. and the, Oh wow. And, and I think we're at, it, it's fun to watch younger generations process. What happens to all of us mm-hmm. is getting older <laughs> and having those, those cultural signposts where like you're trucking along with life, the years flowing by, maybe your life's even going pretty good. Maybe you even you got a little back pain or whatever, but you, you still feel the same. You still feel like that 10 year old who saw Phantom Menace in 1999, but then you wake up one day and it's like 25 years everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And you're like, yeah. damn. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's fun to watch uh, uh, all of us at different ages go through that. But I really agree with what you're saying is I think the flow of the prequels in uh, cultural reception, mm-hmm. uh, in Phantom Menace in particular, because one of the hype movies ever and one of the most criticized films ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we've got mm-hmm. the wonderful opportunity to hear from people who grew up about it, grew up with it as kids and it worked and loved it. And they were isolated from the fact that a bunch of grumpy adults hated it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they just, they just got to love it. And I think we went through this period where, you know, when the Disney started with, with force awakens, there was really a, don't worry. It's not right. going to be like those prequels. Yep. Then we we go a few years later, and and people are thrilled to have the Kenobi television show. They're thrilled to have Hayden come back, not once, not twice. Uh, so now I think we're getting past that. Like, actually, it's okay <laughs> yeah. to like the prequels. Actually, the generation who grew up with it, most of them love it. Yeah. Uh, to I think we're going to get to a point where the the reaction being negative is going to start to recede mm-hmm. in the cultural memory. Not for people our age who it's, it's still, still some of the people our age, it's the, Oh yeah. The, if if yeah. you say Star Wars to them, one of the first things they'll say at a party is, you know, there are only three of those films. Like yeah. people our age are never going to let it go, but <laughs> I can <laughs> name, general name. Cultural- I want to name names so bad right now. All these people think they're threats to film. Yes. Yes. There's so yeah. many of them. But the general cultural imagination, I, I just I want to throw this out real quick. Um, I, I had a great opportunity to uh, hang out with one of my uh, uh, relatives through my wife, Sarah, that I had met a couple times. So I got to hang out with him a bunch. The man's 94 years old, mm. still sharp as a tack, played pool with him. Mm. Um, he, he, he drove an RV around the country by himself last year when he was just 93, 94 year old man. So I'm, I get to talk to him about stuff, including old radio, which I love. And like, here, here's a great opportunity to ask a man who grew up with old radio yeah, about that perspective. So he's telling me this story of, you know, one of my favorites on old radio was Lone Ranger. And then I never liked the television show because it wasn't what I imagined. My, my imagination of what it all looked like was way better than the television show they made a Lone Ranger. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did people... Mm-hmm talk about that like obviously he wasn't on the internet having flame wars about the lone ranger television show but it's like did people you know go to school and talk about which radio shows were good and bad and he's like oh yeah and i don't think he was alone in not liking the lone ranger show because the radio show is better yeah yeah that's lost to time unless you talk to a 90 year old and I, and yeah. that's just for me a great reminder of like, I think people our age, I, I can imagine people listening or watching going, how could anyone ever forget that Phantom Menace was, was critically reviled? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The culture moves on and our, mm-hmm. and our cultural memory changes. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. I had a great discussion one time with our buddy, Matt Key, uh, um, who's, you know, the history of comics and superhero characters is, is ingrained in his heart. And we had a great discussion about the, the ups and downs of Batman, 
how things from you know the first serials to the first comic that comic ain't my Batman like not my Batman has been a thing for a long mm-hmm. time right and I know something mm-hmm. close to your heart as well and you're so right and it's an okay thing I think to, I, I'm excited that some of it move away but uh, you know we want to also listen to those who experience it. I think it's part of the lessons of Dial of Destiny with Indiana Jones we got to have people around to tell these stories um, it's valuable yeah I, I, but I, you said it too like I I, I made the reference to Abed Best. Um, I, I've, I'm staring across at an N1 Starfighter on my my display over there. That was not that hadn't happened yet. Hayden hadn't mm-hmm. coming back hadn't happened yet uh, when we were celebrating 20 years. Those are more examples of just the absolute love. And was if someone like Favreau, who in 2019 sat on a stage and was like, nah, I don't know, I didn't really like the prequels, but Dave's working on me to where that series <laughs> went. Uh, you're right. It's going to recede more and more and more, which is a, a good thing. Yeah. So it'll be really fascinating to see what the conversation around it is for, for 25 years. Um, on the kind of more storytelling side of how is, how is it going to be celebrated, there are several books announced to celebrate the Phantom Menace 25th anniversary of uh, The mm-hmm. Living Force by John Jackson Miller, which is going to uh, be following our, uh, uh, the Jedi Council as they're challenged by Qui-Gon uh, in the days before Phantom Menace to get out in the galaxy and see people. Uh, there's a Mace Windu novel called The Glass Abyss, which is a Mace uh, finishing a task that Qui-Gon asked him to to complete before Qui-Gon's death. So again, very Phantom Menace tied. Um, I think there's some comic books coming on, out focusing on prequel characters specifically. Um, so there's definitely some storytelling stuff that's going to happen. Ken, what other forms of celebration would you like? Or are you just going to create a phantom menace party for yourself on the 25th anniversary. Yeah. Maybe we should all have a screen and rent a theater and watch it again. Uh, see it mm-hmm. again for the first time. Uh, these are wonderful things I'm going to dive into. Uh, it, it's a great, um, great idea to have these characters and these moments uh, in the Jedi council self explored in these books, these comics uh, for me, I want to dive in more whether, whether we do that here or not, I just want to dive in and finally, you know, really break out the things in this movie that we love and have said over the years that, that, that bring, you know, that are valuable um, in terms of Star Wars and the fandom. And, and even the things that revisit things that we didn't like and might still think we don't like and reanalyzing them 25 years later. I think that's uh, part of our identity here at Four Center. It's what brought mm-hmm. you and I together. Even just this past weekend, I was at my comedy show in Seattle and, and, and one of the other comics, Lisa Wallen. I'm just getting to know she was backstage with me and Mark and she goes, I, one of my one of my uh, followers on Twitch was excited that I was doing a show with you two. Uh, he, he loves your work. And he says, one of you is a prequelist. And I was like, that's me. You know, it was and so it's <laughs> such a part of our identity. And I think this is a 25 years on. It's I want to dive in even deeper and pull apart the things that uh, make this film worthy of celebration. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um I think for some of the the big anniversaries of films, the, there's the 20th adventure, uh, anniversary of Attack of the Clones. Um, for myself, the uh, the 30th anniversary of Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me, which is a really uh, important film to me on on many levels, including just when I saw it and the impact it had on me uh, creatively. Um, that sometimes I get kind of uh, tied up in like. W- uh, are people putting out anniversary editions uh, for Star mm. Wars? Like, are there new toys? Are there books? And uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then it kind of occurs to me uh, just a day before, sometimes the day of, like, you should personally find what what do you want to do mm. <laughs> to reflect. So I'm really thinking ahead about Phantom Menace of, like, you know, going to put on my calendar of May 19th, you know, um, 
I've got a bunch of old Phantom Menace figures in, in storage, uh, uh, including my 12-inch Kenobi Mall in Qui-Gon that I had back in nice. the day. Nice. Even nice. when I had problems with the film, I bought them and put them up in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted, I was eating a lot, a pretty much exclusive diet of only Tombstone frozen pizza. Yeah. So, like, I think I want to set aside time of whatever else I do that day, whatever podcast we do, for myself. Mm-hmm sit and watch the movie with an action figure and a frozen pizza and mm-hmm. celebrate the film, celebrate the time that has gone by in my own life and, and make sure that it's personal yeah. that I'm reflecting for me the way I want to. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. May 19th, mark it down, mark it down. Yep. I might, I might go drive back to Winneka, California and just sit where I got the tickets. <laughs> just sit where I saw the film. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll recreate that whole uh, that whole next day. I'll go into work uh, at Kinko's Bleary Eye and yeah. get some yeah. uh, gordita at uh, Taco Bell and try to get some Phantom Menace <laughs> goodies. Anyway, mm. moving along. Uh, so movie news of some kind should be rolling out in 2024. Uh, I think the general understanding and reading of the tea leaves right now is that the Ray and the New Jedi Order movie will be next. Uh, do you still hope that's the the next film? And uh, let's let's dive into this. Uh, we gotta we gotta latch on to any time that uh, it, uh, that those of us on Force Center maybe disagree with one another. You still got hope for twenty twenty five, and I and I'm pretty. I don't think this movie's coming out in twenty twenty five. So let let's look at that too. I look. I, I think you might have the safer bet there. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hope for Christmas twenty twenty five. Uh, Christmas holiday season, uh, you know, look, if, if there was already somewhat of a script in place, if there was already this and, 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 and you can ramp it up and put the, put the uh, pedal to the, the metal, so to speak, I, I think it's still possible. Uh, I really believe so. You know, again, a lot of this stuff, I was talking to someone there, I, the, the first sketch I did on the Ahsoka series was like 2018, you know, like mm. we know there's a lot of lead time, but there does seem to, there's this, feeling that these three movies that were announced a celebration were part of a recent decision, right? We got this Mm -hmm. going wrong, this going, Hey, let's do this. And I I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that perception is wrong. I don't know how much of that that is true. So I'm uh, other words, Joseph, I'm leaning on that faint hope to, to, to lead to 2025. And I still, but even if it's 2026, this is the, the, the next one I want out. Okay. Um, I agree with the next one that I want out and we, we can talk more about that. And, and I'm, I will join you in hope. I would love for this film to come out mm-hmm. in 2025. I think my reading of the tea leaves is that when last we left off on actual news, <laughs> confirmed news was pre-strike when the new yeah. writer had, had been on board and like right before the strike had those quotes of like, I'm hoping to deliver this real soon to right. Lucasfilm, a draft of the script. We haven't had any actual announcements, confirmation. Um, most writers, uh, you know, some writers worked on spec, but you certainly were not supposed to be that. That yeah. writer was not supposed to be yeah. scribbling away during the mm-hmm. during the strike. Uh, so maybe the script has been delivered. And what we're talking about now is 2024, 2025, or, or 20. We're at 2023 uh, for this to come out in 2025. It look. It, if it, it if it, it could happen, it 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 could. It, it would just be that thing of oh, we got the score done a week before the film came out, or something like that. You know, it be, could be one of those stories. Um, so yeah, twenty twenty six is safe. And look, we waited this long. We'll wait again. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Little no, little, I'm, little I'm, thing happened that delayed a lot of things. 
it, it delayed a lot of things. And I think the other thing for me is the feeling that we need this next film to be an event. Like Iger <laughs> has talked about pumping the brakes on MCU and star Wars. MCU has got a, a, a theatrical release problem mm-hmm. uh, going on with the, the box office and all movies are, are okay. experiencing that um, yeah. for lots of different reasons. All, lots of all, all blockbusters with the exception really of, the big ones of Barbie and Oppenheimer, which were, which succeeded because they were made into an event. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen Oppenheimer. You and I both love Barbie. So the actual content of the film, you know, the storytelling, Hey, that matters too, to success. What do you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but made into event. I just, I feel like there's going to be a desire to really make this an event. Uh, but if there is uh, indeed news about this movie, uh, and not just reporting from industry people who hear whispers, but Lucasfilm choosing to make a thing of news. What kind of news would you want in 2024? Would you want a confirmation of, yep, we're going to make it. It's going to be in December 2025. Uh, would you want just a confirmation of, yep, it's Ray in the New Jedi Order and it's and, and mm-hmm. we were not releasing the date, but it's next up and get excited. What What news do you want? I, I don't know if it's possible anymore. It, it, we've just so much has changed since 2012, 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. But if they could get out in front of it, uh, make the announcements uh, an event as best they can, uh, go back to, you know, again, uh, you can never go back, but think back to that black and white cast reading photo. Think of that first headshot of Daisy Ridley, the only one we had for a long time. Mm-hmm. Think of the introduction to uh, of the world to Oscar Isaac and John Boyega, even though they had done many wonderful things before, but this was their explosion onto a worldwide stage. Um, they, they were out in front of it. Now, again, so much has changed because people are literally lurking in the shadows to get these scoops because that's how they pay their bills. Got it. I get it. I understand. Um, this has been one of my reasons I've, I've enjoyed pro wrestling less and less over the years and just don't watch as much because I literally – you could go to a, a wrestling news site the day before an event and you'll have almost everything you need to know in front of you. You just don't need to watch it at this point. Um, and that's sad to me of just in terms of this guy's going to come out, this guy's showing up, they recently, he's going to be a surprise and this guy's going to win. Why am I doing this? And, and I think that the movie news world has so, has, has chipped away at the joy for me. And maybe it's not for other people, but for me, it's chipped away the joy of just experiencing, announcing, seeing the, the, the official news where you don't have to question it. Right. Because even mm-hmm. now you'll see something, you'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Who's the source? Are they working with a problematic person that I even want to read this story? Are they, 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 uh, it's not fi- It's not real. It's fake. You know, uh, I want StarWars.com. I, want, I don't necessarily need an El Capitan event like you and I have talked about before, but just Daisy's here. Here's this cast member. Here's this cast member. And you know what? Here's the answer on whether John Boyega is back or not. We've got this picture. We've got this cast. And we're going from there. That's the kind of stuff I want. I just don't know if we're in that era anymore. Yeah, I'd, I and I think it's partially because the industry is in such a state of confusion yeah. uh, with how to make a blockbuster a blockbuster again. And yeah. Star Wars, by definition, kind of needs to be a blockbuster. They have not unlocked the, uh, we can have a surprise indie hit <laughs> Star Wars film <laughs> with a low budget and low expectations that can blow the doors off the place. It kind They kind of, mm-hmm. people expect a blockbuster to return to movie theaters, it has to be a blockbuster. Blockbusters are in trouble. So I think, it, to me, it's an interesting question of 
how do we work to make the next Star Wars film a blockbuster? Of course, there's make it a good story, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also how you hype it up and having a, a longer lead time. So they could have Daisy Ridley announces, yep, this is the next film. The You know, you get a Lucasfilm press release that the script is completed and approved and production is beginning and here's Daisy Ridley and one weird mask of an alien kind mm-hmm. of, you know, video and like yeah. really teasing and building up to the point where we could get, like we had back in Force Awakens days, a teaser trailer on a holiday when everybody's at home a year out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really going back to the art of the blockbuster is building expectation, mm-hmm. not expecting people to go to a blockbuster every week by definition. Yeah. A blockbuster was an event, a shock, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that line, made people line up around the block because of anticipation and hype. Yeah. And and I would love for them to get back into the art of hype. And, and, and listening to hear, listening to you say that and hearing you say that it makes me think that 2026 more, was more realistic because there ain't no trailer <laughs> coming out in November of 2024. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I, maybe I'm being really cynical. Maybe you are right. I don't know. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have strong opinions uh, uh, reflected back to us. I, I think it's also for me part of what is maybe making me uh, uh, cautious about allowing myself to be excited about 2025 is mm-hmm. uh, Iger has said some comments that that extremely rubbed me the wrong way about what went wrong with some of the blockbusters, including Marvels, of like, well, not enough oversight. And, and for me, the idea of like there weren't enough executives on set i'm somebody who thinks there's not a single bleeping thing wrong with the marvels creatively i thought it was really fresh it was really fun it it was uh, a simple story well told uh, about you know uh sisterhood and using power the right way and all, all these things uh but if that is the prevailing mood of like we need a board of executives to hmm 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 everything that that's the problem of why our movies aren't selling then that's a lot for a creative team to navigate mm-hmm. you're yeah you'll, you'll 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 start losing all these talents even more yeah. than maybe they already have some the people that do say no will yeah more will start saying no that'll be for Iger center <laughs> Iger center yes all right so uh <laughs> now I, like I, star I, wars yeah. we, we we face the darkness so we can hope for the light and in that yeah, spirit yeah. we're gonna we're going to look ahead. Ken, you called this out uh, early on in our episode today, and I think you're right to do so. Uh, 2024. 2024 will will be a rough year uh, politically here in America, no matter what. There are obviously uh, lots of uh, horrible, stressful things uh, going on through throughout the world. Uh, throughout the world in the last, you know, 10 or so years at this point, there has been um, a, a resurgence of uh, attempts at authoritarian strongman uh, uh, regimes and political movements. Um, the the presidential election here in America is an extremely important one for the fate of the United States and, and media and uh, on and on and on. Uh, social media, uh, all these things. And, and Star Wars is many things to many people. It is escapism, but it was also explicitly built by Lucas to be didactic, to, to be a morality tale that helps you navigate life. Uh, for yourself, do you think you will turn to Star Wars for inspiration, for escape, or some of both? 
both. It's always going to be a, a bit of an escape. It's always going to be fun. I'm always going to want to see the the badass villain march down a hallway and, <laughs> and do bad things. It's always there. I think now more than ever where I am in my life and where my interests are, which I, are drastically different from when Force Center started. Uh, I mm -hmm. want Star Wars to be an inspiration, but also a guide and, and also a way to have these conversations without just hammering people over the head with them, right? Mm -hmm. where, where this is, it, it is a election year, uh, meaning the big election, the presidential election, because every year is an election year and participate in your local elections, folks. But it's an election year with a capital E, and that's when you're going to start getting this in as, oh, this again, oh, there's debates, and and that's just been historic. Since my every year of my life, uh, every presidential election of my life, even when I was a kid, I remember adults being tired of hearing of these politicians, and I get it. I get it. But now more than ever, you need to engage or need to understand or need to, you know, be paying to some sort of attention. And that's where I'll go to Bad Batch episode three of Commander Cody saying, well, I'm not here to talk politics. Well, of course you're not, because if you were, you'd have to change. Or you'd have to see things different. So, of course, you're going to dig your head, put your head in the sand. Or, of course, you're going to see it one way. And if you, if I can use Star Wars in those conversations, if I can say, hey, look at this. Look at this inspiring moment. Here's what it means. Here's what it could mean. Here's what it might do. That's a great way to have this as we navigate this this crazy year. And, and crazy, not in fun. Crazy in we are closer to World War III than I think any point in my lifetime. Where the climate crisis is exploding. Uh, mm -hmm. Democracy is truly at stake. Truth is treated as lies and lies are treated as facts. These are things that are that are just exploding on a level that we have and they're coming to a, a dangerous fever pitch. And it's beyond just an election. And, and if Star Wars can be part of that, because, you know, 25 years of Phantom Menace, George had some stuff to say about these mm -hmm. leaders, the good ones and the bad ones. You can't look at Padme and Palpatine and say, they're all bad. Drain the swamp. You can't. That's not the point. And so we'll see. Other people don't want to listen and engage. That's totally fine. But Star Wars is the way in for me. Yeah, I I really strongly agree. And it has been uh, amazing to watch you go on a, a personal journey with your own life and how it affects your art and how it affects the way you interact with media. For myself, I, I know that there are people who who feel very strongly that, that Star Wars is escapism. And I agree that Star Wars is a wonderful, fantastic break uh, from reality. I just don't think it is only that. And, and I think right. that that is what the creators, the creators have actively intended to do, to, to have it be inspiring on a personal level, on a civic engagement level. I really like that you're uh, highlighting that element of it, Ken. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And I have always enjoyed it as both. I, I enjoy the tension. I think, I think Star Wars is imperfect and that's what makes it, endlessly fascinating to me i have described it as a as a, a table a beautiful intricately designed crafted wooden table but one of the legs is way shorter and it wobbles mm -hmm. and that tension between mm -hmm. you can sit down and you can watch star wars and watch spaceships and, and aliens and see nothing like the world you know is really fun and i'm gonna buy action figures and tell you my favorite lightsaber fights moments and make lobot jokes uh, but I am going to do that in concert with looking to it for inspiration. And for me, the, the, perhaps the biggest inspiration in Star Wars that I, that I hope to see more of in 2024, I, I will uh, check back in with, is uh, 
in, in the idea that we are all connected and what happens to some of us matters to all of us and we should be engaged. And like you're saying, Ken, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think even political activists want to talk about politics every day and want to fight right. with their relatives about it every day and particularly have pointless fights where you're not having the kind of conversations that's, that, that are going to generate empathy and, and move the needle. Uh, but to me that, that like, I don't talk about politics. I don't think about politics can quickly become, I don't engage or yeah. the very cynical, there's no point in engaging. And my mind goes to moments, simple moments in star Wars that encourage engagement. And I'm not, I'm not saying let's look at star Wars and violent revolution is always the answer that that's, you know, a, a complex discussion that star Wars opens the door for. I'm talking about engagement. I'm talking about paying attention to what's going on in the world, actively choosing not only to vote, but maybe how can I help encourage voter turnout? How can I discuss issues with people who are receptive in the, the discussion might be beneficial to me or to them to not just put it all in a box and say, it doesn't matter. It's not happening to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think of Luke sighing and saying, it's also far away from here. And Obi-Wan saying, that's your uncle talking. That voice of don't get involved, mm -hmm. put your head in the sand, run away. I think of Obi-Wan in the 25th anniversary of the Phantom Menace. Uh, we can talk about it as, as a thematic statement and, and make jokes about the, the line of uh, the, the symbiont circle. But what he's saying is really powerful of you share this planet, you share an ecosystem. And even if you and the Naboo have not got along, what happens to one of you affects the other. That idea of we are all connected and we need to choose to be engaged in, in and care about what's happening to the rest of the world and believe that it, it can affect us too. I think that lesson of Star Wars, of empathy, connection, it matters. Mm -hmm. Find a way to help, find a way to engage is really powerful and, and something that, that helps me sometimes when I have like, I got something I don't want to do. I mean, when we decided to absolutely follow the rules of the strike because Jennifer is in SAG, you and I both have connections to SAG, might enjoy in the future. We could have zigged and zagged around the rules and probably kept talking Star Wars. And I just imagine Leia and Padme being disappointed in me, <laughs> you know? And it helped me make a difficult but correct choice for us. You know, and Star Wars is always powerful in that way. Star Wars has helped me see politics as issues of the heart and not issues mm. of just, uh, you know, far away, uh, you know, hard to understand policies and, and, and nuanced mm -hmm. conversation that that, that weighs, weighs it all down. Uh, politics is uh, absolutely how we see the world and absolutely how we feel about it and what we want to do with the, the, the people around us who aren't even us. You know, and all that stuff is so prevalent. And, you know, and we'll, uh, maybe the last today that we bring in Uncle Bob, uh, of all the comments and things and stuff that Bob Iger has done, a person who I've been a fan of and have said that on the show so that I cannot turn away from what I said, of all the things he said, that most recent one of we got we to gotta get back to entertaining more than agendas and whether or not it was taken out of context, I did read the full article and there was some more stuff beyond it. It was definitely taken by those that needed that um, opportunity to say, see, 
nothing stories of agenda and uh, identity politics don't work and we just need to go back to the old days of entertaining and and there are no old days of just entertaining it's always been <laughs> what the what 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 it feels like now to you it's always been whether or not you engage or not and i was that's what i was most disappointed that even a p- portion of that comment could come out and be taken in that context be weaponized or as be used as evidence by those that are looking for that little sliver of evidence was the most disappointing thing because it's through Star Wars at every line and every moment. It's political to its core. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, yeah, we didn't get an opportunity to talk about that. And I think that was a, a very well considered message to try to bolster audiences that, that want to agree with that, that want to think that these yep. things have not had a good reception because they're, they're, you know, uh, uh, identity politics and, mm-hmm. you know, all these. And uh, I, I think it was while Disney is, you know, still in legal battle with, uh, with the governor of Florida. And I think it was in, a, in an attempt to say something to appease a, a a group of people, yeah, um, yeah. I and and I and frankly, I don't, I I don't think it has any bearing on actual storytelling. I think it was just said to. And I, I have no evidence for this. This is an opinion. Yeah, uh, I think it was. I think it was said to. Hey, some of you are mad at us because we're fighting with Florida because you're turning everything into an us versus them battle. And I'll here, here here's a little red meat for you. Yeah. Um, it is the way I see it. But yes, I, I do think for Star Wars in particular, like I said, it absolutely can be escapism, uh, but it has always had a deeper meaning. And I think it always will. And I look forward to uh, finding hope and solace and inspiration in that deeper meaning, which I think will continue to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Look at the, look at the people telling these stories. They're not going to yep. give up the fight. No, no. Any other hopes or dreams or excitement for Star Wars in 2024, Ken? Yeah, other than I hope I'm really fun at parties still. That I hope we can still discuss Star Wars <laughs> if, if you're out at a party. Uh, no, um, but I'm not going to shy away from that side of it either. But no, the, the hopes and dreams and excitement that I, I, I'm just blessed. I, I truly want to say that I'm blessed that we're still here. Uh, not just in terms of Force Center, but as fans. And this has been 10 plus years of the geeks taking over, right? Where, where digital mm-hmm. media exploded just as pop culture was um, uh, this cottage industry that was you could now make a living off of. I'm not even here to make a living off of it anymore. I'm just here to enjoy it. I'm here to connect all the things. Uh, and I had a lot of fun on Christmas night sitting down and watching The Last Jedi. Um, not seeing it again for the first time, but just seeing it again. And mm-hmm. just sitting down and watching it as a movie, watching it as, as an art form uh, and, and watching it as Star Wars. I can't wait for more of that and I can't wait for new chapters. As I always say, there's nothing, nothing more exciting than that split second before you're about to see, hear or read new Star Wars. And this mm-hmm. year is going to be no different. I agree with your uh, beautiful, uh, well said statement there. And I will also add Kenobi on Blu-ray. <laughs> That's my inspirational <laughs> statement for my other hopes, Kenobi, on Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, and 4K. I don't have a 4K player. I don't have tell you, But, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's our big look at Star Wars in 2024. I think we we talked a little storytelling, but we leaned a lot into the the business and the politics because Star Wars does not exist in a vacuum. Uh, We will continue to talk about the storytelling. We will continue to talk about just the fun 
but we always want to talk about the depth and the reality of how Star Wars interacts with the real world and our real lives as well. Ken, that is it. Where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter and threads at Force Center Pod. Though threads this past week would not let me copy and paste stuff into it to tweet out promotions, so I'll work on that side. I just have to <laughs> type it out now, I guess. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots. Just search, you'll find us in terms of the podcast side of things. We're on Instagram and YouTube. Hey, we're making a push for 7,500 subscribers. Do you want to help us grow? Do you want to be part of the Force Center family on YouTube? Then hit that subscribe button. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly from there. Get into our discord where you can have, well, fun, full, robust engagement over cake versus pie. It's there in our discord <laughs> right now. For me, you can follow me at catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com. Had a lot of fun this year doing things I never thought I'd do, including releasing uh, music. Seven songs that I co-wrote with the band The Moon Agers, Brian Tiller and Sean Arnold is out there, available on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple. Check it out if you like some rock and pop goodness. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can follow me on most of the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm not very active on the the site uh, formerly known as Twitter right now, but I'm spending a lot of time on on Blue Sky, on Threads, on Instagram. Uh, so come find me there. Hey, I even put up a new TikTok of me playing my dad's old drums. Uh, so go check that out if you're interested. My handle everywhere is just my name, at Joseph Scrimshaw. If you're interested in buying any comedy albums, uh, keeping up with the short films that I've been working on this year and will be working on more in the new year, you can always go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. There you go. That is it. So for all the Star Wars stories we're about to get to experience for the first time, we'll see you next time here on Force Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.